0: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the Internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where we post all of our content. You can subscribe to the podcast. We would love you to rate and review the show. Find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on your smart home device, okay, Google, tell Alexa to play Locked on Packers, and she absolutely will do that. And anytime you want to get in contact with the show, we have a special way for you to do that. It's easy. It's simple. You could text us. You could call us. We've even had some fans send some funny Packer-related memes. That's why we have the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Andy Herman, from Cheesehead TV and the Packaday Podcast is on the show today for Expert Tuesday. He is, in fact, a rival podcaster. We have sort of a faux Twitter rivalry. And uh, I, I don't think I'm spoiling the bit by calling it a faux Twitter rivalry. Um, but that is part of the fun of being on Packers Twitter. It is part of the fun of being a part of the Packers fan experience with everyone on Twitter and the conversations that go on there. Uh, Andy and I were talking off air about the, the community and and the content creation and all the stuff that that they do over at Cheesehead TV and that we do and and that there's room for everyone. And I, I genuinely believe that. Uh, I, I felt like there was a void to be filled when I took over this show. Uh, a year and a half ago, because there wasn't a lot of podcast content out there that i that I thought people were really craving, there wasn't daily content out there, and now there are a couple daily shows there are many more uh weekly and otherwise Packer shows, so that audience has grown. I think that appetite has grown, and as such, the audience on this show has grown, but I still think there is room for you know a lot of a lot of podcasts in your life i spent today basically just catching up on podcasts and you have your favorites there are going to be some that i'll jump to the top of my queue i want that show for you to be this one I, when this show comes out i want you to feel like that's the show i want to listen to that that ringer nba show that one can wait that that interview that mark Maron interview that one can wait too we got to get the locked on packers fix before we get to those hour, hour 20, hour 50. There was a Bill Simmons podcast the other day, and I love the Bill Simmons podcast. Two hours and 14 minutes. And that is a big ask for my day. I mean, that's a lot of time. I want to be respectful of your time as much as I possibly can. And as such, I want to get a little topic out of the way before we get to Andy, because I really enjoyed the conversation that we had And that is, so first of all, before we get to it, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping here with injuries. The Packers, uh, no updates as of Monday in terms of injuries, but the the expectation is that Rodgers is going to practice today. Uh, Everything is moved up a day, so Tuesday is going to be like the Wednesday practice. There'll be a Thursday practice, which will really be Wednesday, and they're going to travel Friday out to L.A., because they've, they've got this long flight and, and they're, they still want to get in their normal Saturday work. So they're going to do that Friday and, and get in that work on Saturday. So we don't know where the injuries are, but it seems like everyone has made progress that needed to make progress. We'll have an update as we move through this week where guys are with injuries coming back. Back to my original point. Mike McCarthy in his address to the team on Monday reminded me of something that's that I think is often lost and has been lost when it comes to assessing his impact on this team. And it was a discussion we had in the Acme Packing Company Slack about Mike McCarthy's ability and not just ability but talent for managing a culture, setting expectations and and doing things differently. You can be critical of his play calling or his personnel deployment, and I have been. You can be critical of the stagnation of the offense schematically, and I have been. But when it comes to accountability, when it comes to culture, when it comes to creating advantages in other ways, the Packers on their self-scout week, they spent Monday with offensive coaches breaking down defensive players and vice versa. This is how we would attack you. These are your strengths and these are your weaknesses. And these are how this is how teams are going to attack you. That seems like a pretty obvious thing. The Packers do it in the offseason. They do it during training camp. And they do it on the bye week. This is not a universal practice. Not every team does this and and Mike McCarthy I've made some jokes about it on Twitter and on this show about some quotes that he has had lately that have been out there that don't sound like Mike McCarthy quotes because they've been so progressive in their attitude toward the modern game and and the one that's jumping out to me right now is in a great article that Michael Cohen wrote for the Athletic about mental training. And, and it focused on Oren Burks, but it is something that a lot of, of players are doing. A lot of the Packers are doing. The linebackers in particular are training their brains to react to what they're seeing. And Mike McCarthy has some great quotes in there about why that's important and, and why being ahead of the curve on that stuff is important. They use player tracking data to determine when it's appropriate to back off in practice and how many calories and how much energy the players used in their game. It's why they took a day off of practice because after that Vikings game, that team was gassed. Mike McCarthy manages this team extremely well. And he manages people extremely well. Aaron Rodgers is a a great player to have he can also be a difficult player to coach because he does know everything, and because he does have such virtuoso talent, he is not always doing what's asked of him in the in the realm of the offense simply because he doesn't have to, and it's not an, it's not a a rebellious thing. It's just he doesn't always go one two three with his progressions because he doesn't always have to. And, and that can lead to tension. And Mike McCarthy has to manage that tension. He has to manage team personalities. He had to manage for years the fact that the defense did not have any faith in the games that Dom Capers was calling. And part of that management should have been to bring in a new defensive coordinator. But when it comes to being a CEO of a football team, Hugh Jackson talked about that this week when he brought in Todd Haley, he talked about. He needed to be more of a CEO and less of a hands-on day-to-day person. Mike McCarthy is great at being the CEO of this team, even though he is not technically the CEO. And so to, to ignore the impact, the positive impacts that he has on this team in all of those soft skill ways and all of those non-tangible ways is really doing him a disservice and, and all of the ways coaching, not schematically, but coaching in fundamentals, his focus on the fundamentals and those kinds of things, the way that, that that pays off that we don't always see in tangible ways. I'll be the first to tell you that, that I was ready for Mike McCarthy to make serious changes. I was ready after 2015 for a new coach, a new voice. Aaron Rodgers probably saved Mike McCarthy's career in Green Bay with the run the table stretch. And if this season doesn't turn around, I will, I will be on this show saying I think a change needs to be made. But I also think it's important when being fair to point out that these are the kinds of things, these are the weeks, there's a reason the, the Packers are one of the best off the bye teams in football. Because they do things differently. And they make advancements, and they make adjustments, and they make corrections. And they've been really good this year making those adjustments. If they can make a second-half adjustment to the season, the way Mike McCarthy and Mike Patton have made second-half adjustments in games. Then Green Bay is in great shape moving forward. Before we get to Andy, I want to talk to you about one of today's sponsors, Swap.com. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand-name clothes? Why do we have to buy new clothes for kids if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes, Well, there is. It's called Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter, Nike, J.Crew, and Gap. These are quality, hand-inspected items, and they're added every day. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And Swap.com wants to give you a special offer for our listeners. This is the perfect thing for Halloween, where you don't want to spend a lot of money on a costume. The place that everyone always goes is the thrift shops. You go to Goodwill. Well, go to Swap.com and get 30% off select items on your first order when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Let me help you make that great costume. Plus, find new deals every day on swap.com's homepage. Again, that's 35% off select items with your first order with promo code LOCKED ON.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy Players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
0: All right, let's get to Andy Herman. He is the man behind the Pack-A-Day podcast. He's also a writer at Cheesehead TV. You can follow him on Twitter at Scani Sports. Andy, thanks for joining Locked on Packers.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it greatly.
0: So let's jump right in here with the Packers coming off a, a buy, something that they are 7-2, and two. Uh, In the Aaron Rodgers era, obviously last year didn't have Rodgers for their bye week and got embarrassed by the Detroit Lions at home in prime time. Now they have to go on the road against the best team in the league, probably, uh, on a national TV game and not get their pants pulled down. So how how do they do that?
2: Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And it's going to be obviously a monumental task. It's the you know, the, the, they're the biggest underdogs under Aaron Rodgers' career so far with uh, the spread that's out there right now. So th- they're going to have a lot in front of them. And, and the Rams defense, the Rams offense is firing on all cylinders. Obviously, Aaron Donald, the offense, uh, the way that it's performing has been absolutely incredible for the Rams. And uh, I think McVay is, you know, one of the best offensive minds, if not the best offensive mind in football right now. But uh, to, you know, go back to what Mike McCarthy said a couple weeks back, he said they're nobody's underdogs. And, you know, obviously what he was getting across there is that when Aaron Rodgers and this team plays their absolute best football they can hang with absolutely anybody and of course that's absolutely the case so they're going to have to get firing on all cylinders on offense as you mentioned McCarthy's great coming off of the bye week I think they're going to maybe surprise some people I think this game's going to be closer than what people expect but I still think this is a tough ask going into LA.
0: I wrote about that for Acme Packing Company yesterday that that very thing about uh, it, it's really the offense for Green Bay that that needs to play a little bit better than it has to make this a game. And there's a lot of reasons to believe that it can and will play better for the Green Bay Packers. You are someone who studies this team very closely, someone who is going to break down and grade the players film-wise and, and really go in depth with the way that that you analyze this team and its players to this point. Give me your overall assessment of where Green Bay is coming off the buy and and places you think they can improve. Uh, based on who they are, they're putting out there every week.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this the other day. I, you know, the Packers are going through their self scout. I went through my self scout a little bit, and, okay. and the thing that keeps coming back to me is the biggest area of need and the biggest disappointment so far is the edge rusher position. I know a lot of people have been, yeah. and myself included, have been very tough on the safeties. There's at least been some playmaking ability there at times from Clinton Dix. I thought there was actually a couple good games from Kentrell Bryce. There's actually just been some inconsistencies there, but I've at least seen some flashes uh, at times from the safeties. The edge rusher position hasn't really provided that in any way, shape or form. And in this last week, I thought they even took a step back. The one thing I thought they did a fairly decent job of throughout the course of the year was setting the edge in the run game. And they struggled at that You know, against San Francisco in the last game, so that's the position I keep coming back to. Every other position, if you kind of look at it. You know, obviously they have Aaron Rodgers. At receiver, they've got a Devontae Adams. They've got the best left tackle in football. Jimmy Graham started to get going a little bit more the last couple games. If Aaron Jones gets going a little bit on running, you know, at running back and they give him the ball a little bit more, he's a playmaker. You know, I think Blake Martinez has been up and down, but at least again, we've seen some flashes there. Of course, the defensive line with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels is very good. I think Jair Alexander is gonna be an absolute stud. And in the games he's been in, I think he's been an absolute difference maker. And I can live with Kevin King and Tremont Williams on the outside, and like I said, with the safeties, it's been inconsistent. But at least there's been some flashes at times with edge rusher. You know, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Reggie Gilbert. However, you want to run it down, they've all been disappointing to you know an extent in some way, shape, or form. I was expecting a lot more out of Reggie Gilbert. It hasn't happened. I think Nick Perry's still recovering. Uh, you know, they they basically. Uh, you know, had him almost stop rushing and try to bat down the ball, which he, he was successful doing. He did three times in this last game, but he, he's not getting to the quarterback at all. And Clay Matthews can't be someone who lines up 70, 80 times a game to get to the quarterback against the best left and right tackles in the game. He's just not at that point in his career anymore. So I think that's the position that's been disappointing. That's the position they have to improve. And if I was Brian Gutekunst and I was looking to make a, a splash going into the trade deadline, that's certainly the position I'd target.
0: Yeah. And it's, you mentioned the, the problems in the run game last week. If there's one thing we have, we have come to expect from Nick Perry and Clay Matthews at the very least, it's they've been over the course of their careers and Clay Matthews last year, especially really good run defending players and impactful run defenders. Clay Matthews was an impact run defender last year. Nick Perry has over the course of his career, when he's playing his best, when he had his best season, he wasn't just a double-digit sack guy. He was great against the run. So it it seems like they're just not doing things we, we are used to seeing them do. And that's also true offensively with Aaron Rodgers, particularly with this team in the red zone. Last year and in 2016, especially in the second half, I mean, it got to the point where Rodgers literally said he knew when a play was called if they were going to score. That was where their execution was, and, and that was where the design of this offense was. Plus, Aaron Rodgers is the best uh, off-schedule thrower ever, the, the, maybe the best improvising quarterback ever. Uh, that lack of mobility could be contributing to these red zone issues. When you look at this team week to week and what we've seen so far, are these issues that are that are you know not just fixable but
2: but sort of eminently fixable? Yeah, I think specifically in the red zone it is because as you've mentioned, Aaron Rodgers has been such a good red zone quarter and he's been a great red zone quarterback. Uh, Justice Mosqueda actually did a fantastic article in the offseason on uh, the the prowess in the yep. red zone of Aaron Rodgers, and that's a you know kind of a must read. I, I think that's something they'll get fixed coming up. The best ever. Absolutely. And I think that's something that they'll get fixed out of the bye week. Devante Adams throughout his career has been a phenomenal red zone target. Jimmy Graham's been a phenomenal red zone target. You know, even Mercedes Lewis has been somebody who can be used as a jump ball type player in the red zone. So you put the best quarterback with some of these weapons out there. I, I think it hasn't quit, you know, quite gelled yet, but we've seen a little bit more creativity in that area, you know, this last game as well. So I don't have a huge concern there going forward. I would expect that they'll get back to doing what they do well. And I, As you mentioned, I think a huge thing here is Rogers' mobility. And as he gets more comfortable, I I think that's going to be an area where they they excel, and they should, certainly.
0: We'll get back to Andy in just a second. But before we do, I have to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, MyBookie. This one you know all about. The Packers opened at nine-point underdogs in L.A. on Sunday, the biggest margin ever for an Aaron Rodgers team. It's already down to eight-and-a-half, which is still a half-point above his biggest ever betting line deficit and if you think green bay has a chance to win if you think they have a chance to cover lay a little cash down at my bookie where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on which is why i always tell you about my bookie they've been in business for years have great online reviews and their mobile site is so easy to use and you can use it to do things like bet live in game Bet on over-unders for fantasy points scored, and they have the most rewarding player perks in the business. Right now, MyBookie is so slammed with new bettors. They're going to give you some free money just to make your customer service experience that much better. Imagine, that's a win-win. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on any deposit over $100. And if you join now, MyBookie will match that first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25 at MyBookie when creating your account to get up to $1,000 in free play with a dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus. And if you're willing to wait until after 7 p.m., you can get that extra $25 in free play when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid.
1: is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power-packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
0: All right, back to Andy. One of the, the things that has been on the minds for Packers fans and and really people like you and me, too, who, who follow this team closely, who write about this team, who analyze this team, the deployment of personnel in the backfield. This has been maybe the hottest point of contention for fans and media all season. And it's one of those weird things where if you look at the numbers, Aaron Jones is still consistently getting carries. He's just not consistently getting snaps. I am of the mind that he is the most talented guy and I will, I will live with and insist that he play through some of the mental lapses and whatever deficiencies are perceived with his pass blocking. Where are you with this backfield and how Mike McCarthy has used them? And do you think it'll change moving forward?
2: Uh, let me touch on the first one first. I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is absolutely a situation where you have to almost have a, a target number. And the, the target number for me, and I've said this on a variety of different platforms, Aaron Jones has to touch the ball 15 times a game. And that's, I think, a, you know not a super difficult number to get to. And I don't care if that's throwing him screens. I don't care if that's as a kick returner. I don't care if it's in the running game. He's got to touch the ball 15 times a game because he's that type of playmaker. And again, I don't think that's asking too much. I don't think anyone is asking, Asking for him to get the ball 30 times a game and run him into the ground. And I don't think anyone's also saying that, Hey, you know what, if Ty Montgomery or Jamal Williams get in the game and they do get that hot hand and they're running really, really well, absolutely go for it. No, no, no harm, no foul, no questions asked, you know, get them the ball if they're running well. But to start the game and to keep things going throughout, if Aaron Jones is in there and he's running well, you've got to find a way to get him the ball. And I think it's just – it's one of those situations where I've never quite seen anything like it, where the people who break down the film – the fans, the media, the quarterback, even Aaron Rodgers says Aaron Jones has to get the ball more. Literally everyone is saying, "Hey, look at Aaron Aaron Jones and uh, how well he's playing. He needs to get the ball more." And it seems the only person that's not on that same page is either Mike McCarthy or Joe Philbin or a combination of the two with deploying him in the offense. So I couldn't agree more on whether it changes or not it just seems like it has to. I mean the play action I thought worked better in the first half this last game when Aaron Jones was in the game and when they were actually attempting to run the ball through their self scout they said they have to get the running game more touches which I could not agree with more as well. I think that's the biggest issue and they do a great job to an extent of having these plays where it's a you know a little bit of a run pass option where the you know Rodgers can kind of uh, you know, do a quick screen out to the right, and they they have some success with those plays. But the issue is that the other team is kind of willing to give that a little bit because it'll it makes Green Bay give up on the run, and then there's no play action threat either. So they have to get to the point where they need to run the ball 25 times ish a game. Aaron Jones needs to see, like I said, about 15 of those, and then they can do play action off of that. It shouldn't be that difficult going forward. I,
0: I think there's a there's another issue that. Uh, needs to be addressed, I think, for Green Bay. And that was one of the problems in the 49er game was major miscommunications along the offensive line. Guys not being blocked, guys not being accounted for. And I, I it's without knowing who was supposed to go where and what the calls were, we know ESPN came out today and, and had this awesome um, next-gen stat breakdown. The Packers have the second-best offensive tackle duo in the league as pass blockers. The interior offensive line has not been as stout going back all the way to week one when they were healthy. Now they face Indomin Sue and Aaron Donald. Um, how how concerned are you with these communication issues and really just frankly the quality of the talent on the Packers' interior offensive line going up against probably the best pass rushing, most disruptive? interior defensive. Frame yeah, I definitely football.
2: think it could be a game decider because the Rams are that good on the interior. I I wrote the same thing in my offensive breakdown this week that I think I actually said it's one of the the least talked about kind of major issues for the offense this year is just how many free rushers that opposing defenses have been able to get against the Green Bay offense. Because it seems like there are multiple times every single week where other teams are you know either scheming free rushers free or just confusing Green Bay's offensive line enough where they're having trouble picking up exactly where it's going. And there are multiple times where you see on film where the offensive line will kind of shade one way or they're even kind of, you know, pre-snap Shape, you know, pointing one way to, to block that way and they go that way and then they're bringing rushers from the other side. So it's it's absolutely been an issue. And it's, you know, at that point, it's not even necessarily a talent concern. So it's not even necessarily an issue with having phenomenal players that are in front of you. If you get a free blitzer up the middle or a free rusher up the middle, it doesn't matter who the heck it is. They're going to cause chaos and it's going to make life difficult for Aaron Rodgers or for the running back or who's ever getting the ball in that situation. But then you up that by putting Aaron Donald and Adamic and Sue in this Rams defensive line out there. And yeah, if they don't get that cleaned up, it, like I said, it can absolutely be a game-changing uh, it, it, and theoretically, if Rodgers gets it's hit hard enough, it can be a season changing type uh, issue. So, I'm hoping over the bye week that they got a little bit of that cleaned up and I know I struggle with it when I'm trying to put the grades on on paper and saying who's at fault on some of these plays because it's almost impossible to tell if either who missed their assignment or who's communicating in that situation, but there's enough of it on tape for it to be concerning.
0: Yeah, and this is another thing we talked about the Aaron Rodgers injury earlier. Uh there are some protections where they're just going to bring more than you can block. And that's not always been you know, the issue here. Sometimes they'll bring four and it's just the right four. But there are certainly circumstances where, you know, we saw it on the deciding play. Uh, well, not the deciding play, but the deciding defensive play last or two weeks ago with, with Kevin King on the interception, Mike Patton brings the house. They just had more defenders coming than San Francisco could block. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, he can usually account for that guy. He's awesome at spinning out and and getting himself free to make a throw. We haven't seen that to this point. So I do wonder if some of that stuff is not necessarily community. There's, there's clearly a communication problem, but I do wonder if some of that would just be fixed simply by virtue of Aaron Rodgers being healthy and that once he gets healthy, teams will be more afraid to blitz him because I don't know if you saw the tweet put out by NFL matchup on Monday, uh, the, the Aaron Rodgers has crept back up into the top five in terms of passer rating when blitzed. That was not the case earlier in the year when he was, right. when he was hurt. And he's back. He has a passer rating, I think, over 130 now when blitzed. So it's like that was always the rule, right? Don't, don't yep. blitz Aaron Rodgers. And teams, and teams did it anyway. Well, now if he's healthy, are they going to be able to blitz the same way? I don't know. Uh, Andy, I know you, you do a lot, uh, and and people should check out the work that you do. Uh, let my listeners know where they can find the work that you do.
2: Yeah, thanks so much. So you can find my writing and my grades every Friday on Cheesehead TV. It's a series. It's called Grading the Pack, and it just is me breaking down uh, and assigning grades. I grade every single player on every single play on every single game. Uh, so there's that out there. And if you're not, you know, if you're not a grade person, you're like, ah, yeah, I don't really care what a grade says about a player. Well, there's a ton of film out there so that you can review exactly what I'm seeing during the game. Um, and then the, you know, not to plug necessarily a competitor, but I know we've got this rivalry going, but you can uh, hear me on the Pack a Day podcast. I'm on every Monday and then we have a 365 day a year podcast going with a lot of great guys. So you can definitely find me out there as well.
0: How dare you plug that podcast on my show? Uh, no, I know. No, I know. No, I'm I'm joking. Uh, pro football, Scani sports is really what you should call it. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate you coming on the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, that's a good point too. You can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Sports. That's always a great place to find all the stuff that I'm doing as well. So thanks so much for having me. This has been great and would love to reciprocate and have you on my podcast sometime. All right, I want to thank Andy
0: Herman for joining Locked On Packers. Check him out at Cheesehead TV. He does really great work, really insightful. I love the film breakdowns. Uh, we often see the game the same way. Um, that is not proof of how smart either of us are. It's just why I like following him. It's why I like talking to him. Although I will say, sometimes it's it's nice to to have the perspective of someone who sees the game very different from you. Uh, and I think I, I have a lot of those people on too. Plenty of times we have people from, you know, the opponent, which we will have tomorrow. Host of Lockdown Rams Brad Mater is going to be on the show uh, for Crossover Wednesday. Brought to you by MyBookie. So. We will have that and, and maybe he sees the game differently than I do. He certainly sees this game differently than I do simply because he covers the team that's playing the team that I cover. So that's just an inherent difference in that way. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, all of our content on Facebook, where you can like us, you can leave a review so other people can find the Locked On Packers podcast. You can leave a review on iTunes. It helps boost our show's visibility around the internet, around podcast apps, everywhere. People see those reviews and they go, oh, they like this show. I might like this show too. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, I I promise you we will get to some of those questions this week. You can do that at 920-341-3775 and let me know how you're staying locked on Packers.